You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. One sentence summary. You Are a Badass helps you become self-aware, figure out what you want in life, and then summon the guts to not worry about the how. Kick others' opinions to the curb and focus your life on the thing that will make you happy. My favorite quote from the author is, You are responsible for what you say and do. You are not responsible for whether or not people freak out about it. Jen Sincero One thing I like about aging is that with each year I care less about what people think. I've always wondered why old people are so direct and unapologetic, but I believe that's why. They've been around long enough that reality has reassured them countless times, opinions don't matter, especially not those of haters. The sad thing about learning this lesson only late in life is that you might not have the energy or time to still achieve your dream, whatever that may be. So the sooner you learn it, the better. If you are young and worried about what other people think, this book is for you. Enter Jen Sincero, who's seriously rebellious and rebelling seriously against humdrum life. After working for a record label, starting a rock band, failing, and then writing a book about that, she became a lesbian, failed at that too, and wrote another book about that, before ultimately coaching people to improve their sex lives and later their lives altogether. You Are a Badass is the culmination of several years of helping people transform their lives from loser to happy-go-lucky, and it comes packed with fun stories and valuable lessons. My favorite three? Here you go. 1. Decide you'll stop caring what other people think, right now. 2. Figure out what you want, but don't obsess about how you'll get there. 3. If your habits, surroundings and friends don't support you, it's time to change them. Ready to discover your inner badass and put him or her in charge? Let's go. You are a badass lesson 1. Draw a line in the sand. Now. This answers the question, when is the time or how can I work up the courage to stop caring what people think? Do you know how you remember some people for one distinct thing that they taught you? With one girl from high school, the only thing I ever really learned from her came in the form of a status update she posted on Facebook. It said the following. If people say they don't have time for you, it just means that other things are more important to them. I've never forgotten this lesson. How you choose to spend your time is entirely up to you. So how you distribute it reflects your true priorities, no matter what you claim they might be. Naturally, chasing a distant dream of yours infers choosing yourself over others, and that always creates some fallout. If you're aspiring to be a writer like I am, some of the comfort you usually get from hanging out with friends will have to come from appreciating the time you now spend writing. Being serious means putting in days, months, years of work. You'll lose some friends. You'll go to less happy hours and football games. You'll be laughed at, ridiculed, made fun of. But none of that matters if you're happy spending time chasing what others don't dare to. To really go for your dream, you must put your inner badass in charge. You are a badass lesson two. Know what you want, but be flexible about the how. This answers the question, how important is it to have a plan to achieve my goals? Sticking with the example of becoming a writer, here's how most people go about that particular dream. Step one, realize they want to be a writer. Step 2. Analyze every writer that inspires them in detail, learn about their path to success and craft a master plan of which track they can follow. Step 3. 
give up after six months of analysis paralysis and not writing a single word. That's the kind of trap you should try to avoid at all costs. Jen suggests doing so by figuring out what you want, but not obsessing over how you'll get there. Here's an updated plan for becoming a writer. Step 1. Realize you want to be a writer. Step 2. Start writing. There really isn't much more to it. Imagine making your way through a poorly trodden forest. You'll find and shape your own path as you go along. The most reassuring thing you can do to get the confidence to call yourself a writer is write, not seek comfort from other writers. Over time, with more and more hours of writing practice put in, you'll get into a virtuous cycle that positively reinforces your attitude, and thus gets you to write even more. This is what actually lets you make progress towards your goal. Not planning or debating or strategizing. You are a badass lesson 3. When your environment doesn't support you, change your environment. This answers the question, what is one of the crucial roadblocks you might face but will have to overcome, no matter how uncomfortable it is, when going for your dream? Having the thick skin to deal with the ridicule of friends or shooting down their tempting attempts to distract you is one thing. Making a conscious decision to actually get rid of some of the weights that are dragging you down is another. That's tough. If your environment, your habits, your friends, even your family don't lift you up in your journey towards a life you'll be glad to have lived when it's over, it's time to make some changes. Those can be internal and external, as long as they shift the focus of your life towards making your dream the centerpiece. For example, if playing bubble blasts for 30 minutes every morning over breakfast is something you enjoy, but that cuts into your writing time, Maybe you can shave off the last 10 minutes in exchange for recording a voice memo you will transcri transcribe later in your day. Similarly, if an old friend you see once a month spends most of your conversation time mocking your writing attempts, maybe that's an hour a month you can save and, well, dedicate to writing instead. I'm not saying these decisions are easy, but I have a hunch Jen is onto something that'll absolutely minimize the number of regrets we have at the end of our lives. And that is a good thing. Here's what I learned from You Are a Badass. There are a couple things I have learned from this, two in specific I would like to refer you to, but not without giving you a sort of primer about this book. Namely, the fact that this book is 90% motivation and about 10% tactics. So the thing with it is, that I think it's more of a beginner's book in terms of self-improvement. If you're already working on your dream or if you already have your weekly writing schedule, for example, to stick with this, figure it out and so on, this might not do as much for you. This is more for the people who are not starting, who are afraid of starting, who are worried what's going to happen, but who nevertheless can't shake the feeling that if they don't start, they will regret it. I think this is more for them because it spends a lot of time on the emotional side of getting you over the hump, of, of getting you to jump over your fears, and motivate you, inspire you, and so on, to just like get going, right? Get some get get the ball rolling down the hill and hopefully momentum will follow. So this is more that kind of book. It's not as tactical, it's not as much for advanced people, it doesn't go too deep. It's it's more generic, right? But it has its place. So that said, there are two things uh, which I just want to share my experience with. Um, the first thing is about 
drawing a line in the sand. So it all goes together, right? Your environment, if that doesn't support you, you say you want to be a writer and your friend la friends laugh at you. That's not good. Because even if it's meant as a joke and so on, it's still hurtful. We know that deep down it discourages you from pursuing your dream. The second part is if you care about their opinion, that's going to be even worse, right? So if you do, if you manage to do your first draft and you show it to them and they say, ha, ah, this is shit, which it will be because any writer's first piece is shit, then that's even more discouraging. Um, I have... And this isn't easy. I'm going to say it. This is not easy because I have lost friends over writing. I am losing friends over writing. And I'm losing friends and people because I'm choosing writing over them. So let me give you... There's lots of examples just recently, actually. So I know one guy. He, there's a, a small fest here back at, in my hometown where my parents live or the one next to it where a lot of people from the local community go a lot of people from my high school too, right? And a friend was there this year and he told me that another guy sort of trashed me a little bit or he wasn't happy with something I wrote, let's put it that way. And so he didn't tell me this, right? I, I only found it out via my friend and there was something about pictures in the post. I was like, hmm, did I use a picture of someone that they didn't agree to or something? I don't know. So I reached out to the guy or the two guys in question and I said, look, I know you're, I heard you weren't happy with this. Uh, I'm sorry if I've used any pictures. Please just tell me and I will remove them if there's something like that. Um, and if there's anything else that you weren't happy with or so, I would be happy if you discuss it directly with me and not behind my back. Something along those lines, but I said it very nicely. And then, and I sent a voice message via Facebook, right? That's what the kids do these days. I can't help it. <laughs> um... And so he sends me back this huge text, right? It's a wall of text. I haven't spoken to this guy in like three years. And then he trashes me. He's just bullshitting all over the place. So first of all, he he talks shit about me behind my back. I reach out to him and I'm sort of the... Uh, I try to make a step forward. And then he comes back at me with this wall of bullshit and says like, yeah, you calling us just like, we're, we're more, we're just, we're just fan friends for you, sort of, you just, we were just the people who had to suck it up when your better friends weren't there and you're denouncing our friendships from back then and you're calling us stupid because you say you have a high IQ online and blah blah so he basically misread he picked like two answers he misread them no context nothing uh, and he just pulled out pulled out what he wanted to pull out and then shit about it right or or talk crap about it so I answered once and then I was like Ugh. I wrote a short answer I just said it's really sad that after 3 years the first thing you text me is this and you haven't once taken the time to actually highlight something positive I've done or said this one did well I like this one do more of this no instead you just pull out the two things that you don't like and you misinterpret them and then you just trash me so that's very sad and then he just wrote more trash and then I was like that's it I'm not going to waste my time with this guy so I just stopped responding and that's another relationship out the window. And that stuff just happens. This month, uh, I had to cancel a wedding of a friend that I that I wanted to attend, which I'm not going to have time for if I want to make everything work, because July is a really important month for me this year. 
it sets up my exam month, which is August. The paper to write, I have stuff to record, I have tons of stuff to do. So I said, look, man, I know, and I told him before I would come. So I was like, sorry, I can't make it. And I know wedding is a one-time thing and so on. So he was really sad. And I don't know what's going to happen to our relationship from this. So he took it okay. Um, but I don't know. Uh, also, I just I moved back in with my parents just for July, so I have a place where it's more quiet. I can focus on work more. I don't have to cook. I don't have to do any of that stuff, right? It's kind of nice. Um, but I'm going to be away a month from the community at school. And then later, people will go to their exchange semesters abroad and so on. No idea how that's going to affect, right? So there's a lot of things that happen. If you prioritize your dream, it's going to come at the expense of other things, and you have to realize that. And the best way to realize it is to learn it by doing. Because if you think about this upfront too much, then you'll never do it. But just saying, it's you have to put your foot down and you have to learn how to put your foot down. And it's a constant practice, right? It never stops. I learn new stuff about this every single day. So again, know this is what's going to happen. Be prepared for it. But practice it right practice it every day it's hard it's very abstract i can't describe it you'll know it when you see it but don't let it get to you it happens to everybody and the second thing is being flexible about the how i think that's really important this two-step plan for becoming a writer or 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 ballerina or dancer or musician whatever it is the moment you realize you want to be this thing or you want to do this you do the activity and that's all that matters. I have a post called How to Start a Passion Project. Um, if you go to niklasgirke.com slash how to start a passion project is uh, with dash dashes in between, you will find it. And the idea of that post is people are get hung up on starting and it's very easy, right? You look at where you want to be, you figure out this thing. Let's say it's Hollywood movie star. And then you just ask one question. What does a what is the main activity? What is the main thing that makes a Hollywood movie star a movie star? And the answer to that question is they star in movies. Okay, so the the defining activity of an actor is they act, right? They act in movies, and this might sound obvious, but if you imagine how most people start about being a Hollywood actor, they will probably read about Hollywood. They would make a website with their portfolio and cool headshots on it. They would get photos taken. They would make a highlight reel. They would try to contact agents. They would do all these things, but no acting, right? And that has nothing to do with acting. So the only thing that's going to get you to be a Hollywood actor is acting. So you can drop every all that bullshit and just start acting, right? Acting in front of your mirror at home, acting in front of your friends, acting in a theater play, acting in a bullshit Mentos commercial, acting, 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 right? So that's the thing you got to focus on. And that's the thing you can start doing instantly anywhere and everywhere, always. There's always a version of that where it's you sitting alone in your room doing that thing. And that's very powerful because that it removes all this traction, all this crap, and it just cuts down to the core what is important and that you can start doing. And if this book does nothing else than get you to start taking action on that activity, then this book has done all it needs to do. Same for my speech, by the way. I hope you liked it. I hope you learned something. And I'm excited to see you on one of the next summaries.